Matthew 7, 21 to 29. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break Lord's laws, God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the wind beats against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike teachers of religious law. Matthew 8, 23. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. This morning we're continuing this series called Winning Faith, and we've been going through this whole term, thinking of the ways that we can have a faith that thrives and flourishes and allows us to win in life. And this is a great passage we're looking at this morning because it summarizes really this whole series. And I wanted to just share a few thoughts on how you can do this thing called the Christian faith. And one of these thoughts are for everyone, whether you're here in person or you're watching online. These thoughts are especially for those who are going to be baptised this morning. Baptism isn't the end of your journey. This is really at the beginning of your journey. And you've got a whole journey of excitement, of living for God and what it means to be baptised and be in a relationship with the God who loves you as you embark on the next stage of your journey. And the, next, the question I'd love to ask you all this morning is this. How can you keep standing in the storms? How can you keep standing in the storms? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that as we just take some time to pause and listen to your word, that you'd speak to us by your Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. The most important thing you need to get from this passage this morning is this. At some point in your life, if not already, you will hit a storm. At some point in your life, you will encounter a storm. One of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is a king called Hezekiah. 
And there's this um, passage in his story, um, Second Chronicles, where it says this. After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, the king of Assyria came and invaded Judah. And I find that such a challenging passage. Because what it's saying is his reward for being faithful and for following God was that he was going to hit a storm. And the king of Assyria was going to invade his nation and, and put fortified soldiers all around all his cities, laying them all to siege. And he went through this period of despair and fasting and praying. But that was his reward for being faithful to God. He hit his own storm. And we often think that if we follow Jesus or we sort of lay a good foundation, that it's going to lead us to blessings. And what Jesus makes very clear in these verses is whether you're a wise builder or whether you're a foolish builder, you're going to hit a storm. Jesus says this. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house. Whether you're wise or you're foolish, you enter the storm. The storm is outside of the builder's control. It's not due to their mistakes or their decisions they've made. The storm comes regardless. And the difference is that one person builds his life on Jesus and the other one doesn't. One person stands through the storm and the other person doesn't. What I want to just briefly offer you this morning is just three steps on how you can build your life on Jesus and how you can stand strong in the storms. So how can you keep standing in the storms? In the words of that famous theologian known as Elton John, I'm still standing better than I ever did. How can we do that? Well, the first thing is this. Listen to Jesus. Jesus says, listen to Jesus. He says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, the first thing is to listen to Jesus. I used to drive trains for a living. And occasionally when we were driving trains, we used to get an announcement from the controller saying a station a few stops ahead is going to be closed. There's been an accident or a health and safety issue and um, just pass through the station. So you'd make announcements at every station leading up to that station. you go through it. And I guarantee you, when I got to the other side of that station, I'd have six or seven people knocking at my cabs saying, why didn't you stop at that station? And I'd be quite smug and I'd say, um, I made announcements every single station. Why weren't you listening? And then they would say, well, I was on a phone or I had my earphones in or I was on a conversation. And I'd be quite smug that I was professional and made all the announcements. And then recently I noticed that I was on the train, which didn't stop at a station, and I kind of started to feel really angry because I thought when I did this job, I was professional and I would announce it nice and clearly that the train wasn't stopping. And then just as I was about to approach the driver and kind of give him a little bit of why he didn't stop and his unprofessionalism, I realised I had my ear pods in my ears and the music was blaring out and there were noise reduction ears and I couldn't hear anything and he probably had made the announcements, I don't know if he did. But I sometimes think that's how we treat God. Because God longs to speak to us. He longs to communicate to us. He's always communicating. The question quite often is, why aren't we listening? How are you listening to Jesus today? If you don't already, can I encourage you to make this a regular habit of spending time every day in the word and prayer, listening to Jesus Maybe it's a reading plan, maybe it's a devotional, maybe it's a Bible app, whatever works for you. Take time every day listening to Jesus. And in the context of this passage, Jesus is speaking about all the things that we've been looking at this term, all the things that we've been going over in the last few chapters. The Beatitudes, the type of people that will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Jesus talks about fasting. He talks about his calling, his attitudes to money and to our finances, how we handle worry and anxiety, how we forgive each other and not gossip. All the things that Jesus has been speaking about, how we treat each other. He says, listen to me. And maybe you could reread Matthew chapters 5 and 6 and look at some of the things that Jesus has been saying and reflect on those things. The main way God speaks to you and me is through his word, through the Bible. Unless we take time reading that, how are we hearing? How are we tuning in to the voice of Jesus? Spend time in word and prayer listening to Jesus. That's the first thing. Listen to Jesus. And then the second thing is obey Jesus. He goes on. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Don't just listen, but obey. I felt actually quite convicted this morning. I think I should confess. Um, I almost burnt the church down last night. We put the pool up and um, I put some heaters in there and my operations director Lorraine gave me some instructions on to plug them into certain PowerPoints and I think I was following the rules, I wasn't sure, um, but I obviously didn't obey them. So I plugged everything into the same PowerPoint over there and then I got a phone call this morning saying, the PowerPoint's on fire, they're smoking, they're hot. So um, I almost burnt the church down, praise the Lord, we're still here and we can still have the service But it's not just about listening, is it? We have to obey and we have to put things into practice. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, said this. He said, I don't believe inclusion is a value in itself. Welcome is. We don't say come in and we ask no questions. I believe conversion means conversion. It means a conversion of habits, behaviours, ideas and emotions. The boundaries are determined by what it means to be loyal to Jesus Christ. And what Rowan Williams is saying is when you follow Jesus, there should be a difference in your life. The role of the Bible isn't just to inform you or challenge you or encourage you. Maybe you will be informed and you walk away from services thinking, oh, I never knew that happened in that context. Or you will be challenged or you will be encouraged. But the role of the Bible is to transform you. It's to transform your life. That's our, our vision statement here, one of our vision statements, to transform lives in the love and the power of Jesus. Rowan Williams is saying, when you follow Jesus, there should be a difference in your life. I gave my life to Jesus in 2002, and one of the people who knew me more better than anyone else said, it's like you're a different person. There's something different about you, which is the Holy Spirit, softening our hearts, changing our attitudes, our agendas. And we're all on a journey. We don't get it right all the time. I know I don't get it right all the time. Some of us have mistakes and behaviors which are a bit more visible than others. But all of us mess up. All of us fail. We're all on this journey. But there's grace and there's forgiveness. And we keep coming back to God and saying, I've fallen, but Lord, thank you that you forgive me. I've fallen again, but thank you that you forgive me. You can't outfall God. He forgives us again and again and again. But the point that Jesus is making in this is this. The people who stand in the storms, the people who build the kingdom of God, the people that God uses, that God works through, are those who put his words into practice. They don't just hear the words, but they apply them to their lives. It's not enough just to read Jesus' words about, I know I should forgive and not gossip and not criticize and live this way. We have to put these words into practice. You need to do it. 
Don't just listen to Jesus. Put his words into practice. And our desires should be that we want to be transformed. We want to be more like Jesus. So listen to Jesus. Obey Jesus. And finally, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus in the storms. There's lots of storms in the Bible. One of the readings that um, Rani read to us was a storm, a real storm where the disciples were in a boat and the waves were crashing over and Jesus calmed that storm. And then there's um, metaphorical storms like Peter and John imprisoned for sharing their faith. Paul beaten, Paul hungry, Paul was shipwrecked because he was sharing his faith. Joseph was put in prison just for trying to do the right thing. Daniel was put in the lion's den for worshipping God. Each of them go for the storms. And there's a common strand that weaves through its way for all of these storms. That somehow in the storms, God shapes us, he grows our relationship with him. And he allows us to touch the lives of others in a way which is authentic and transparent, which we couldn't do. We try to have it all together. And I think that when we're in the storms, there's two ways that we often pray. The first way is this. The first way we pray is, Lord, would you just remove me from this storm, this thing that's painful, this thing that's disappointment? And that's a good way to pray, and sometimes God does that. Lord, would you just take me away or remove this storm? And then the second way we pray is, okay, if I've got to go through this, Lord, would you give me the strength, the encouragement, the energy, the power, the grace to get through this so I can get through this storm that you've placed me in? But I think there's a third way of praying, which takes courage and takes real spiritual maturity. It's when we're in the storm, rather than trying to rush to get out, to pray, Lord, what might you be saying to me in this storm? How can what I'm in bring glory to you? How can I trust you in the storm? How can you use this to grow faith? How can this storm bring glory to you in what I'm going through? And it's at that point I often think we discover that Jesus is enough. Whatever we're going through, Jesus is enough. When he gets the glory, he's enough. It's the way Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. He prayed, Lord, actually, I don't want to do this. Would you take this cup from me? But actually, I want to bring glory to you. Not my will, but yours be done in this situation. If you're in a storm today, if you're in a place of pain or disappointment, if you've been let down, it's never too late to invite Jesus into that situation today. About 67 years ago, there was a mission trip to um, a rainforest. Five young men went to share their faith with a native um, tribe, native Indian tribe, and they were all killed as they shared their faith. Their sacrifice captured the imagination of the world. Their story inspired loads of people to become missionaries and go out and do what they did. But the men's wives, all in their 20s, these five women, they were overwhelmed with grief and shaped by what happened, the death of their husbands. But they asked the question, how can this devastating storm bring glory to God? What might God be saying to us in this? With amazing bravery, they returned with forgiveness and love to the people who had killed their husbands. One of them was Elizabeth Elliot, wife of Jim Elliot, who was the leader of the mission trip. And the tribe were amazed. Many of them came to faith, including the man who had killed Jim Elliot. The tribe said, we did something wrong, but you've shown us a different way of living. They came to faith by the bravery of five women in their 20s, dealing with grief, but willing to ask the question, 
Lord, what are you doing with me in this situation? How can you be glorified? What might God be saying to you this morning while you're in the storm? As we do this thing called faith, three things that help us to stand. Listen to Jesus, obey Jesus, but keep trusting Jesus. Even when you have doubts, trust Jesus. Even when nothing makes sense, trust Jesus. Even when everything's falling down around you and imploding and you can't see a way out, keep trusting Jesus. And his promise is this. The rain will come. The streams will rise. The winds will blow and beat against you. Yet you will not fall because you've built your foundation on the rock. And that's the foundation. That's the invitation for each of us here this morning to build our lives on the foundation which never fails. If you're able, would you like to stand? I'd invite the band to come back. The rain will come, the streams will rise, and the winds will blow and beat against you. Yet, you will not fall. Because your foundation is built on the rock. And if your foundation, if you can say this morning, maybe my foundation is not built on the rock, I'd love to give you that invitation before we just move on in the service. It's nothing forced or pressured here. We're not here to manipulate. It's just for you to do business with God if you feel maybe God's speaking to you in your heart this morning. It's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I choose to build my life on the foundation, on the rock, which is you. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray one of the oldest prayers of the church. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. I'm just going to pause and be still and just allow him to just speak to our hearts. This isn't about you or the person beside you or in front of you or behind you. This is your opportunity this morning. Just to say, Lord, here's where I am at. And there may be a few people here this morning that, if you're honest, you know that your foundation isn't on the rock. Or maybe it is and you're in that place where you know you need to listen more to obey more, to trust more. And it's okay to have doubts and disappointments. God wants us to be real to him. But within that, we begin to trust him again. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here this morning. and We invite you to come and just speak to us, speak to our hearts. And we just lay at your feet where we're at. us when we've fallen and thank you Lord that you're full of grace and forgiveness and that you invite us again to do life with you and where we need to tune in and hear you better help us to do that to set time aside this week each day to spend time listening to you where we need to put your words into practice. We pray, Spirit of God, that you'd give us the strength, the courage, the discernment, that when we have those choices to make, that we choose the right choice. Sometimes we need to choose the hard right over the easy wrong. 
the easy choice isn't always the right choice. Help us to be people of integrity. Help us to choose you to put your words into practice. Help us to trust you, Lord. Build our faith up. Whether it's for the first time or the hundred and first time, raise our faith. That you are good, that you love us, that you're for us. And even in the storms, you're working. You're shaping us. You're changing us. And if you're here this morning and you don't know this, this person called Jesus who invites us to do life with him, then, I mean, I don't know how people get through life without Jesus. I'm not embarrassed to say that, that I need Jesus. I couldn't do this life without him. If that's you, then, just, just pray, these, pray this prayer. Just in the silence of your hearts. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry when I've done things my own way. Please forgive me. Today I choose to do life with you. That I would have a relationship with a father who loves me through the son who died for me by the power of the Holy Spirit to be within me. Today, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can experience your peace and your joy, but your strength to live each day for you. That I can stand strong in the storms, that my life is built on the sure foundation, which is Jesus Christ. to worship and as we worship if you're in an attitude of prayer or remain in this attitude just keep offering your heart your situations your circumstances to the Lord and may the words that we sing be your prayer this morning Wow. 
Oh. 